Hi, my name is Derek Schneider, and I own Visiting Angels in Wichita Falls, Texas, and Lawton, Oklahoma. This podcast is called Addressing the Elephant because I believe it is better to be proactive rather than reactive when it comes to aging well. So each episode, I'll invite someone that has a ton of experience about an issue or topic that relates to elder care, which is a topic that if you live long enough, we'll all have to face. I hope you really enjoy. I wish I found you a long time ago. We could have taken it easy, could have taken it slow. And passed our whole lives like a sweet summer day, like waves on the water watching time. Addressing the elephant, and we're here with Megan uh, Walker, social worker at uh, the Gables at Rolling Meadows, and also Corey Tarter, uh, therapy director at the Gables and Rolling Meadows. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Great. Thanks for asking. Uh, I know it's weird times. I'm sure for y'all. Oh yes, definitely. For everybody right now. So, yes. Uh, how are you guys hanging in there with the COVID? 19 stuff we're surviving just taking it day by day (laughs) yes yeah getting kind of used to the new protocols the new way of life yep yep that's that's probably the wisest thing they you know one day at a time it's hard to plan because those things just change so quickly yes definitely yeah so um let's uh i'd like for you guys just to end what you do as a profession your licensure and how you guys kind of get in this world. Okay, so I'm Megan Walker, and I'm um, a licensed bachelor social worker for the Gables. I've been here, I guess, going on seven years. Um, There's a lot that I do here, but my main job is to um, do discharge planning if a resident needs placement somewhere else, to work with the families. Um, I'm mainly just like the resident's advocate, so... You can imagine there's lots of things that I do um, different on a daily basis. Um, and I'm Corey Tarter. Um, by trade, I am also a social worker. I do not have my license. I just, I graduated with my bachelor's in social work. I kind of fell upon this job with rehab care. Rehab care is contracted with Rolling Meadows to provide their therapy. And I have been with the company for nine years Um, as a therapy director. I um, kind of support the therapist, the patient, and their family um, from the beginning, you know, of their stay till the end, um, meeting any needs that they may have that therapy can help with. That's great. Um, And so how, um, Megan, how did you kind of get into kind of this social work geriatric sort of world well I I wasn't originally when I graduated college I worked um I was the birth parent counselor at a adoption agency um and I was there for about four years and then this opportunity um they Rolling Meadows was just looking for a social worker and um I came and interviewed because it I was interested in this population and got the job and I've been here ever since and I've I absolutely love it Sorry, how long have you been there? Oh, sorry. Um, going on seven years. So um, I know the video is kind of cutting out a little bit, which is fine. We'll okay. keep on just adapt here a little bit. 
Um, so we can repeat. It's okay. Okay. Um, no worries. So um, the uh, t- tell me then, uh, kind of, you know, when somebody comes to to y'all, um, why do they normally come? What, well, what's kind of a normal scenario? Um, well, and a lot of people may not know this. We do have. Um, I mean, we are a private pay facility, so most of our residents are, you know, their families have looked are looking for a long term placement um, for twenty twenty four seven nursing for their loved one. Um, but we do also have 14 Medicare beds that um, usually they're short-term rehab um, beds. And we get those referrals from, usually it's from the hospital. Um, once they have been admitted to, let's say, United Regional for three midnights, um, they are qualified for to come to our facility for rehab. And Medicare will pay for that um, for up to 100 days. Um, typically we don't keep them the full hundred days. Um, usually I want to say usually the only times that we do is when they have had a severe stroke. Um, and that's just because it takes that long, you know, for them to kind of get to a level to where they can hopefully survive, you know, be independent as they can maybe with some assistance. Um, but like if they, let's say they fall and fracture their hip at home, they go to the hospital, have surgery, and then they, um, the hospital social worker will usually send us a referral. Um, and our medical, the nursing and doctor, our medical director will look that over. And if we think that they're appropriate for rehab and could benefit from it, then we will accept them into one of our Medicare beds. Um, and we have, that's what Corey's um, team does. They do the physical, occupational, and speech therapy. Um, and we once they've been here about a week we try to have a meeting with the families um and the resident and that's when we discuss discharge plans um you know where they're planning on going after they're done with therapy um if their plan is to go back home or to go let's you know to an assisted living then um that's when we will try to do a home eval and that's where Corey's team comes in. Usually the occupational therapist will go out with the resident and the family during that care plan meeting. We will go out um, or we'll discuss going out to the resident's home and that's where um, the occupational therapist and the resident will go with a family member out to the home and um, Corey can kind of talk about what they do at the home eval. So, um, so with the, the home about, so basically our whole goal from, you know, whenever they get here is to get them to where, whatever living situation they're trying to get back to and be as independent and safe as possible. Um, we try to get them as close to their prior level as a function as we can, um, you know, sometimes it, that, that can be more challenging. It just kind of depends on, you know, what's going on with them and what brought them in. So during the home eval, if their wishes to return home, um, basically the therapist rides actually with the family member because we start the process from whenever they leave the Gables. So we're okay. kind of... Yes, so we kind of work with the family on transferring the patient in the car. We're doing education with the family, seeing what the patient can do at the same time. So we get them in the car, see how much work that takes, 
in the house? Are there any steps to get into the house? Are there railings? Um, if they need a wheelchair, is it wheelchair accessible? Um, if they're on a walker, can it fit into the bathroom? Do they need um, a shower bench? Do they, you know, how do they get on and off their couch, on and off their bed, yeah. on and off every surface? Um, so we kind of just address every aspect of the home with the family member there. So that way we can provide feedback also if they need, you know, if we recommend something that Medicare won't cover, we'll give them information on exactly what it is. We give them a copy of the paper. And then on the way back, the same thing, getting out of the car, the car transfer, all of that. So um, that it really gives a lot of information for someone who is trying to return home um, as far as how much assistance they may need or any modifications they need to make before they return home. What's the timetable in terms of whenever they you guys kind of take them to, um, to back home and kind of follow them and then do that assessment to whenever they discharge? Is that usually usually whenever we do the home eval we like to try to do it like about two weeks before they discharge that way yeah that way you know if there is something that needs to be worked on still they still have the time to work with the therapist while their insurance is covering it um you know to be as safe as possible before they go home yeah there's a lot there's some things that we don't you know that they don't think to tell us, and we may not know until we do that home eval if they have three sure. steps to get into their house. So we yeah. want to make sure, you know, in the very at the very end that we're addressing those final things that are going to be, you know, very important for them to be able to do when they get home. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> are there, like, scenarios that you guys have witnessed where you're going – there is just no way um, that this person can go home unless this happens. Because you mentioned, well, we give them recommendations, but I would imagine there has to be some type of you know real objective, like, nope, can't because of this, 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 or that. Yes, we have those situations very often. Um, of yeah. course, you know, we would love for everyone to be able to go home, um, but that's just not always feasible. So this patient is very stubborn then we usually will bring our medical director in and he is very good about talking with the patient and talking with the family about you know reasons why they will you know if they need a 24 7 nursing care um he will explain that to them and typically they will understand um a lot of times you know the families don't want to go against their loved one's wishes or whatever um and so they will we just give them as many resources as we can, um, you know, setting them up with visiting angels or a private duty company, or um, also, you know, when they leave here, if they are determined to go home, we can set them up with um, a Medicare home health. We just kind of give them as best, you know, every possible resource that we can. And that's kind of, you know, my job as a social worker is to just give them all resources available. Um, And, you know, a lot of times it doesn't work out. And so then they come back. Um, a lot of times they need to, you know, see for themselves, unfortunately, that it isn't going to work out. Um, and then a lot of times we have, you know, a lot of a lot of times it's just that the family just has to put their fit, foot down and they end up staying in the nursing facility long term 
which of course nobody wants, but um, sometimes that's just what's best for them. So, yeah, um, you know, so often I always kind of just wonder, you know, if they um, if they would have maybe done some of these different things prior mm-hmm. to whatever this incident happened, then that incident may have not happened. Right. Exactly. You know, and so. Uh, so can maybe can you talk about those different things? Because, of course, we're talking about safe discharges, but, uh, you know, obviously, you know, y'all are, you know, you know in business, of course, and, and so whenever, you know, it, you don't want, you, you need people to be there, but everybody doesn't want to, you know, no one wants. Right. And so what are, what are maybe just kind of, you know, thoughts that you guys maybe have had whenever you're in their home? you know, uh, to keep people safe, to, to maybe prevent those different happening. So a lot of things, um, that we noticed that, um, actually like I would not have even thought of prior to working in this industry. Um, we definitely look at rugs that are on the floor that slide easy, um, any thresholds, can they, um, are they having trouble getting in and out of their tub? Because, you know, the generation that we work with, they don't really like to ask for help. You know, they want to be independent. So it's, you know, we have to make sure that we word things in a way where it's hopefully their idea also. <laughs> but um, a lot of um, rugs, anything that's a tripping hazard is definitely something that, um could prevent a lot of falls and a lot of broken bones. Um, yeah, small animals. I mean, we love our pets, but sure. they kind of are a tripping hazard also. Um, you know, it's just we've seen a lot of unsafe um, decisions. People, the way that they go about doing things, it's their routine, but it's unsafe. And as they get older and weaker, it's just definitely more dangerous. So, um, and then sometimes it just comes down to cognition, which unfortunately that's, that's not really preventable. Um, but if all those other measures were in place, then, you know, it would make falls less often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And and, and so, you know, um, I also, is there things like, um, like, um, specific devices and, and, and how would one um, go about like let's say they are kind of feeling weak and or or maybe a loved one a caregiver uh, is starting to see some decline of just physical ability uh, they don't have a fall yet but but how would one go and get something like that prior to a fall happening Right. So if there was a decline, um, just even a, just a slight decline, then you would talk to your doctor, your primary care physician, um, and they would write an order for you to receive therapy. Um, most of the time in that case, you would go to an outpatient, um, somewhere that does outpatient therapy. We don't have outpatient here, um, but a lot of places do. However, you know, you just have to have transportation, a way to get there, you know, and get back home. So um, a lot of people have that support and some people don't. I don't know about home health at that point. 
Yes, if there's a decline, um, you are able to qualify for a Medicare Home Health to come out. And they'd come to you for therapy, so that would make it easier. Yeah. Um, if it's a more severe decline, and I don't really know all the qualifications, but um, sure. if you could get your doctor to write an order to go to Encompass, um, yeah. because you don't have to have uh, a three midnight stay to go there. And typically you go there for about 14 days um, at the most. And then that is considered a hospital in, in I guess, Medicare terms. So um, if you need more th- additional therapy after the Encompass stay, you could, um, you know, have a referral sent to the Gables to continue um, more therapy if you need it. So it kind of all starts, if you're at home, it all starts with the doctor. Yeah, so with insurance, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, um, I was just saying if you are at home, um, then the best place to start would be with your doctor. Um, because where whichever avenue you take, you're going to have to have the doctor's order. Yeah, that's good. So, um, what has been, um, you know, I guess the most, you know, a fulfilling time for y'all whenever you guys get all the pieces in order? Um, you know, uh, someone's been there for whether it's been, you know, 20 days or 21 days or 100 days you know, in a successful discharge, what does that, what does that look like? And what is, you know, maybe give me a kind of a case example, of course, no, no, like that. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think, we just get so attached to the residents, especially, you know, those ones that are here for a hundred days. Um, we don't want them to leave usually, but, um, obviously the goal is for them to get back home. And so, um, those are the best, you know, whenever you see, uh, I'm trying to think of so, an example. I, well, what case. I would say is um, from the point of view of the discharge, when we're all on the same page, that's definitely the best, um, you know, uh, the most fulfilling, the way we would like to say goodbye. Um, from some of my favorite um, times that I've been here that I've gotten to see, are when there has been a major stroke and just you know seeing how they are on day one and then watching them walk out you know that's i mean it's incredible to to watch that that's my favorite thing um and it you know because that's such a sudden life-changing event um so it's really it's really um a miracle to really get to witness that so, um, but as far as the discharge itself, it it's really fulfilling when we, we don't see it often, but there are patients who agree whenever, you know, we think, okay, it may not be safe for you to drive anymore. And they say, you know, I, I thought that last year I gave, I gave my keys up. I mean, that's yeah. really nice. Um, just to kind of all be on the same page, um, that it gives them their independence you know we don't want to take that away from them so whenever they're already on our page it really helps yes definitely yeah i, I kind of had this thought you know um whenever whenever someone you know exits y'all's you know facility um um kind of the flip side of that um 
of course, you know, the goal is to get them to go home. And have there been scenarios where you're going, man, there's some other things that we have to, I wish they could do. I can't make them do this, this, and that, but, um, they really need to, um, but you have to, you have to release them too. Mm-hmm. This, this kind of balance there. Um, I don't know if you can speak on that, what that looks like, um, in y'all's world. Um, well, so yes, that does happen. Um, it's difficult to find a happy medium between them receiving therapy here under Part A benefits in the Medicare bed and home health. Um, it's a drastic amount of therapy difference. Um, I wish there was more of a happy medium so they could kind of taper off in a way. Um, but that's that's just how Medicare set up. However, you know, we do provide as many resources as um, we can, including, you know, the apartments and cottages here on um, campus because that gives them <clears throat> the the chance to live independently but also have nursing staff very close. If something were to happen, um, they can have all kinds of services extra provided to them, whereas they don't have those options living in their home. So we give them, we try to give them as many, you know, resources and options as possible. So that way, you know, they do feel like they're making a decision kind of that's the best for them. thoughts to that as I wonder if um, does does the does Rolling Meadows have the ability to set up maybe a two-week apartment just for transition periods number one number two is you know if somebody's been let's say they live alone in their home and they've been gone for 100 days what it what steps are, are y'all like that home is still being things of that nature what what does that look like um well typically all of our families and I've been here almost seven years so all of our families are very much usually involved with um the resident and so you typically I mean what I've seen is that the families usually will try to keep that home somewhat you know updated um if it's not I would say we kind of can tell or get a feeling if they're not, if the family's not involved, no one's here, no um, family or loved ones are living in town, we can kind of, you know, we can kind of feel that out. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, if they are here the 100 days, we get to know them very well and they um, sure. they will tell us, you know, if they're having any worries about, for example, we just had a lady leave um, that she was concerned about getting her groceries um, so we were able to set up meals on wheels for her and her husband, um, you know, to at least get that one meal a day. Um, and especially with all this, you know, Corona stuff going on, it's not easy. So, um, just little things like that. We, um, there's tons of organizations in town that I've, you know, learned just with having this job that are available, um, for tons of different things. So, um, there's that and then of course you know when therapy goes out and does their home about they will come back if there's any issues that they think um 
that I would need to know about, then they let me know. And, you know, sometimes it does result in an APS referral. We rarely get those, um, but uh, we will, you know, send that referral to APS if we think that we need to. So, and APS, you know, they get a bad rap, but they do help. Um, I know one time I had a lady that needed a wheelchair ramp installed, and so I made an APS referral for that, and, you know, she got her ramp. So they are definitely there to help. And, I mean, it being a small community, there's usually there's people everywhere you turn that's wanting to help out in some way. So I'm sure APS has people who come and volunteer um, that can provide things as well. As far as the two-week trial in an apartment. Yeah, it's kind of hard sometimes <laughs> to do the two-week trial, but if... Because it works as real apartments, like yeah. you sign a lease. Yeah, if we know, like when we have the care plan, if we know that they are interested in an apartment and that might be where they're right. discharging to, we try to get the yeah. family to go ahead and sign a lease and then have it set up um, with all the furniture and stuff like that. Um and typically they will, so that way, you know, therapy can take them over there. Um, or if they already live over there, then therapy, just when they get close to discharge, they will take them over there. Um, and then also we do, um, you know, as best as a family is able to, we recommend that someone, it would be ideal if a family member could be with them for 24 hours, you know, the first week because it is, a, you know, a transition. Um, cognitively, whenever you move, it can really kind of confuse you. You just, we want to make sure that they're going to be safe. So, you know, as much as the family can pop in, check on them. Um, some families have um, cameras set up in their loved one's house so they can just yeah. kind of log in and check on them or you know they Megan sets them up with a laugh alert um, that kind of stuff but um, ideally we would love what we would recommend would be you know someone to be there 24 hours at least the first week sure. so they can transition safely just to wrapping up um, for both of y'all this question is just what have y'all learned is that Megan been there been at Rolling Meadows for seven years and Tiffany for she, uh, Corey excuse me for, for, for nine years what have y'all learned um, in terms of y'all you guys are both young like the, kind of just your aging process and or looking ahead what have y'all learned in terms of the elder Oh gosh, <laughs> I've learned a ton, but one thing that I've definitely learned, especially like for my parents, um, is to have some kind of plan in place. And I've also talked to my mom about getting long-term insurance. <laughs> so, because that is, and that's probably a whole nother podcast. She stole, she stole that. That was my answer. Um, yeah, I definitely encourage my parents to get that. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, just to, you know, have a plan and have your, you know, advanced directives yeah. in place so that your loved ones don't have to make, you know, a hard decision if you're not able to. That's my main thing, um, you know, because we see that all the time when they, it's, they're at the end when they usually come to us, usually for long term. And, you know, let's say, for example, they don't have an out of hospital DNR 
and they're not able to sign one, um, you know, that's hard on the family to have to make that decision for you. So I would definitely just say, you know, your advanced plans, know what your loved one wants. Um, you know, no one wants to be in a nursing home at all. But, um, you know, and, you know, when you're looking for a nursing home for your loved one, just show up and look around. You know, there's going to be bad things said about all facilities. You just have to walk in and, you know, get a feel for it yourself. Um, and even just go go in unannounced is what I always tell people. Um, that way you can see, you know, firsthand what it's like. Um, I, I definitely, that was one of the first things. And I actually came here, I was working full-time at an insurance company when I graduated college, which was not my passion. So, um, but when I first started working one-on-one with this population um, and in, you know, at Rolling Meadows, I didn't even know what long-term care insurance was. And now, I mean, it's, you know, it's just so expensive. So that's something that I've definitely learned. Yes, we've also seen families get torn apart by things that aren't written. You know, it needs to, everything needs to be written black and white. This is what I want. This is what I don't want. Um, but, you know, I was... I never in my life would have seen myself working with this population. I wasn't, um, I mean, I liked my grandparents and that was about it, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, um, it just so happened. I had an internship where I had to be placed at, um, you know, at a nursing home and it really opened my eyes to this population. And, you know, I have just grown to absolutely love them. Like we just have, we just have the best residents. Um, so I, I've learned a lot. Um, I've learned a lot about therapy in itself that I didn't know before I had this job that things that therapists do that I had no idea. Um, and I've just seen it all, you know, happen in front of my eyes. So that's been, um, just a real pleasure to watch. Great. Well, man, I can't thank y'all enough for what y'all do for our community. Um, you guys are super resourceful. Um, I'm sure Rolling Meadows uh, can't live without y'all and what you guys do there and, and getting people home safely and, and or to wherever they uh, wherever home may be. Yeah. That's awesome. Man, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. I wish I found you. I wish I found you, I wish I found you, I wish I found you a long time.